Welcome to The Exchange. I'm Dan Riley. The Exchange is a streaming internet talk show and podcast of interviews with noteworthy people about their lives, ideas, and current events. This week I sit down with Dr. Marko Zeitz, historian at the Institute of Contemporary History in Ljubljana, Slovenia. During our conversation, Marko discusses the history of Slovenia, its place in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, its participation in the First and Second World War, and its experience under Yugoslavian communist dictator Josip Broz Tito. Welcome to the show. Today I'm sitting down with Marko Zeitz, who works at the Institute of Contemporary History in Slovenia, uh, in, the, in the capital of the country, Ljubljana. Um, and Marco, first of all, thank you for taking time just to sit down and talk a little bit about uh, your research and the history of your country. Thank you for um, inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, the first general question I'd be interested in, we were talking before the, the, the show about how a lot of your research is 19th and 20th century yeah. history. Um, when, when you think about, I think for most Westerners or most people who, who grew up in America, they, they think about Slovenia, they think about this area of Europe, and they, they almost initially always think about the First World War, uh, which was the beginning of the 20th century. Take us back in time a little bit um, to the 19th century. What are the important things for citizens of your country to know about, about the history of Slovenia? And, and what are the things that really interest you that, that make you curious about the history of of your nation? Uh, I think, uh, actually it's quite a, it's a hard question, but I will try to answer it. What's curious about, about Slovenia is that it didn't exist in 19th century as a, as a unit. And somehow Slovenian nationalism began as a new nationalism of this uh, new nations with, without any historical backgrounds. So Slovenians don't have any big, I don't know, kings or, or princes or, um, or big historical tradition. It was actually very new nationalism, uh, uh, just somehow growing out of the of the this uh, uh, beginning of the nineteenth century um, in Europe, which was uh, full of the revolutions, counter-revolutions, and new movements, and beginning of the capitalist production. And it, it actually, that's what the most interesting for me: Slovenian nationalism, Slovenian Slovenian nation. Is a relatively new thing, but that's my opinion. So are all the nations in this in Central European place. Mm. And so the, the the creation of the country as we know it now. Yeah. How did that happen? When did it happen? What's the story there? Actually, because in the 19th century, uh, in the, especially in the second half, when uh, Slovenian patriots organized their societies, their politics, uh, there was no one Slovenian unit. Mm. It was uh, there were different provinces of Austro-Hungarian Empire, and those provinces were um, some some provinces were populated mostly by Slovenians, some were mixed. But Slovenian nationalists, they from the revolutionary year 1848, they had one program, and it was called United Slovenia to unite all the Slovenian lands, but in the in this framework of the Habsburg Empire. It was their program. And when actually it was not possible, because Habsburg Empire was, it was a conservative old empire which began as a private property of Habsburg family, it was not possible to do this. Although Habsburg, Habsburg, Habsburg state was quite a modern state at the end, 
uh, with good administration, with relatively good uh, political freedoms uh, for male citizens. But it was not it, it was not possible to to move further. When the first war happened, things has has changed here, changed here, and the empire collapsed. And then it was an opportunity for Slovenians to join the first Yugoslav state or kingdom of Slovenes, uh, Croats, and Serbs. Yeah, and and you mentioned the desire within the Habsburg Empire to to create a Slovenian section or maybe its own nation. Yeah. Um, what was the reaction? It's the interesting you said nation because yeah. we use nation differently. It's more et- ethnicity, ethnic. If you say nation in in our in, in Central Europe, everyone would it doesn't mean to have a political unit. It's just a more ethnic thing in American sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they wanted to have their own union. They wanted they wanted to have their own somehow state, mm-hmm. their own state. And would there be different rights within those states? Or what would distinguish the state from everywhere? Just the language that was being yeah, spoken? Yeah, the language was the, 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 the most important, was the most important marker for the Slovenian nationalism. Because it differs from the Croats and Serbian language and, of course, from the, uh, uh, from the German, and, German and Italian. But maybe here I need to mention that this uh, early Slovenian nationalism was, um, was in a very much... Uh, 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 pro-Yugoslav. It was a lot of Yugoslav ideology because the main, the, the national enemies were the Germans, were the Italians, or even even the Hungarians. But the friends were Croats, Serbs, and we should, yeah, they thought we should join forces with our other South Slavs and make a big South, South Slavic state and in the form in the in the in the framework of, of Habsburg state. But then when it was not possible, somehow they joined forces with Kingdom of Serbia and Kingdom of Montenegro, which they were independent by then and it so it was in 1918 it was the beginning of the Kingdom of Yugoslav Kingdom of Serbs, Croats and uh, Slovenes. And what was the pushback from the Empire when they were pushing for their own statehood? I mean was the argument against doing that was what? What, what was the what was the picture? Actually, it was not empire. Was not just German. You know, in, if you were in Vienna, you said you came from Vienna. You could see that Vienna is still an em- empire. Uh, let's say empire, imperial city. Mm-hmm. It was uh, they had this idea. Uh, of course, they, they were German dynasty, but they, they they left all other nations who could uh, also they who live in some kind of conservative harmony. But what was very important for them, those nations who had... The, the, there were nations who were more privileged than others. Mm. The nations like Hungarians with big historical rights, like Italians with big cultural rights, or, Ita- or, or uh, Polish nation, even although they had no uh, state by then, they had, uh, they had nobility, they had their own language... And some nations were more privileged than others. And Slovenian nation was not privileged and had to fight its way through for, for, for the right, uh, to, for the existence at all. Yeah. And the privilege was primarily the, just being recognized? Yeah. For example, Croats, they had their own kingdom. It was not... It was, it was under the Hungarians, but it was not much recognized. They had problems with Hungarians, but at, at least they had something. They had some historical rights, and that was the most important. Mm. But then, first of all, World War happened, and the old order just collapsed. Yeah. 
and what it left ethnicity ideologies uh, different ideologies from catholicism to communism and it then things became interesting yeah and i definitely want to talk about that before we do i was curious in your research of slovenia at that time where the slovenians who were pushing for statehood are there personality quality qualities cultural qualities that you find particularly curious or interesting or unique to the people of that time what i'm in what i'm uh, mostly slovenian historians maybe wouldn't agree but i'm quite impressed by those people who were uh, trying to organize national organization and uh, national politics I'm quite impressed how they knew that they are doing something new. Of course, they, they, they thought they had the language of the Renaissance. We need to, we need to restore our language. All the, usually all the nations do that when they begin, especially uh, they try, to, they try to, uh, to, to present themselves as old and ancient. Hmm. But since they did not have a lot of history, big history, ideological history, they tried to to begin at new mm. yeah. and uh, they knew they need to work with the people to convince people because they, they were actually they were uh, this tiny tiny uh, uh, how to say part of the society which was elite not mm. so much in the sense of money but the sense of education and they wanted to present they wanted to present their version of nationalism to the people mm. and somehow they succeeded mm. they succeeded and people bought it mm. at the and, end of the century at least and Not at, at that the beginning time, and at that time and, and at the beginning of the first world war was there any question as to the loyalty of the slovenian people to the empire at large it, they were very loyal mm. The, the, their point was like this: the Germans are not so loyal. Italians, of course, especially Italians, because then by 1915 they changed side and attacked uh, attacked uh, Austro-Hungary on Slovenian territory in the Western Slovenia. And it's uh, especially the Italians; they were seen as not loyal. But uh, they, they always said the Slavs are the most loyal subjects, mm -hmm. and especially the Catholic Slavs. Mm -hmm. And we should we should. The, the dynasty should turn to, to Slavs and South Slavs, not to the Germans, because the Germans are looking towards Bismarck idea of united Germany. And uh, so it was their argument. But then when the war came to a close, and it was clear that central forces would not win, mm. um, a lot of especially the radical uh, radicals, youth, uh, young um, liberals and radical nationalists, mm. They sometimes they even went to to fight in Serbia or to for on the other side, or they emigrated and they they somehow established this idea that we should that Slovenians should join forces with with uh, with other South Slavs, mm. with let's say victorious Serbia, okay. and they, they they were really had had this crazy. They, they didn't know Serbia very well, and they. They had this uh, romantic ideas. They were like uh, the Serbs should be as a southern heroic people who will, who will liberate mm. also Slovenians with help of Slovenians themselves, of course. Mm. And the loyalty to the crown that is that has that always been there? And if so, what is what's the reason for that? Is, were it's, they just like treated? A, I think it's not just a Slovenian phenomenon. It's, yeah. It was an old dynasties. It was this was there since ever. The Habsburgs are are leading the Central Europe since I don't know 14th century, mm. 
and uh, 13th century even. Of course, there were, there, were, there were also other dynasties, but Habsburgs are there since 15th century always as, as masters. It's, it's, it's a, let's say, three, it was three centuries of the rule. And uh, also the Czechs were loyal, also, the, also the, even Polish people were loyal, who were, not, who were, who were longing for their own state. So uh, it's, it's not just Slovenia phenomenon. Uh, but then somehow it changes. It, it has changed when this short 20th century began hmm. in the beginning of the First World War. Yeah. And let's talk about the war. Let's talk about the at first, I guess, the war itself. How were, what role did the Slovenians play in the war? And I, as It was the not war, their war. Hmm. was at the beginning. It was very unpleasant because they, they, they really had a good, uh, uh, good opinion about the South Slavs and South Slavs were provoking the war. So, hmm. And they had problems because the, the, the uh, Archduke Ferdinand, he was killed, he was quite in favor, he, he quite liked um, Croats, for example, and he wanted. Uh, he wanted. They, some say that he even wanted to have special, to arrange special unit for in the in the monarchy for South Slavs, mm. and especially ca Catholic uh, politicians were really not happy about it. Uh, but uh, uh, and of course, at the beginning of the war, the Germans, the Austrian Germans, used the war to. Uh, uh, to politically, uh, some people were were locked away. Some some politicians who were too radical and were too Slavic, and they were not in um, too enough loyal to German Austria and so on. Uh, it was not their war, but it became when the when the Italy attacked uh, attacked the actually ethnic territory of Slovenians in this in Western Slovenia in Sonsa Front. And what year was that? What what give us some, some context as and to it, what it happened? It was the year nineteen fifteen, mm -hmm. one year after the did begin. First when nineteen fourteen Italy declared um, although it should be an ally to to the central forces, first declared uh, uh, they will not, she will Italy will not mix in the war and then attacked mm -hmm. on this on the Entente force. Mm -hmm. And when they did, uh, they were trying to break through the very ma mountainous region of Slovenia, when the Izonso or Socha River is, and they stopped there. And it was a it was a long war of, of uh, uh, fighting in high mountains, and it was bloody. Uh, and a lot of people died, mm. died there. But uh, curiously, a lot of Slovenians was not fought there, but most of the Slovenians, they sent uh, authorities, they sent to the Russia, to the Russian front. Hmm. And sent Hungarians to this front. I don't know why they had, they had this <laughs> politics, but yeah. somehow it's, uh, they did it yeah. this way. It, the turning point of the war, I mean, is there, from an from a Austro-Hungarian perspective, from a Slovenian perspective, discuss, if you can, the, the, those few moments or those few battles or that, those few months that led to the end of the the decision being what it ended up being in, in the First World War. Are there a few battles and definitive time first, periods? First of all, which, which was very interesting was the battle, it was the miracle near Cuborito or near, near um, Caporetto. And it, in Italian, Caporetto, it means a disaster now okay. because it was a big disaster for for uh, Italian forces. The Germans, German and Austrian forces, they, they had a breakthrough. And it was the only front that the, that the central forces were in the offensive. Hmm. 
they, they pushed the front line to the river of Piave in Italy, uh, but it, it didn't help them because the, the Germany collapsed and uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire collapsed before, and it just it was it was a very in 1918 it was quite a chaotic uh, uh, chaotic political situation in this area, uh, and uh, somehow. Uh, the old state was collapsing, the new was not even there, and uh, first what they did, Slovenians, they declared together with Croats a state of Serbs, Croats and Slovenes. Mm. It, was no, it was not recognized by anybody, it mm. was just those parts of Yugoslavia which was under the, under the Habsburg Empire, and they tried, they fought for the borders with Austrians, Austrian, German Austrians, and with, and with Italians. Italian forces came almost to Ljubljana, and it, it, it was a, it was a quite hard period. But on the other side, it was a very emanci nationally emancipatory moment. <laughs> they they seized the opportunity here in Ljubljana. They had a national government, which was connected to national government in, in, in Zagreb. It was the it was the main the the capital, but still the, in Slovenia they they had all uh, authority here. <laughs> And they fought for Maribor because Maribor it was uh, wanted. They wanted to have it. Uh, uh, it was big fight with German Austria and and so on. Mm. It was the question of Prekmurje, the it was this part which was near Hungary. So it, the, basically, it was fight, fighting the borders. Yeah, and and in nineteen, as I understand, in nineteen seventeen, just like in World War Two, there are, the the Germans are fighting on two fronts: the Western Front and the yeah. Eastern Front, and then the Russians drop out of the war. And as I understand it, the Germans begin to advance. Yeah, that's why. That's a, it, this was one of the reasons why they could have a breakthrough uh, here at, in, in this in this front in Slovenian territory in the Socha Front because they could get the forces from from the east to um, to. Deploy forces to the west, mm -hmm. and in the in the remaining in the last few months that decided the war, what did happen? Is there a historical consensus on what truly did end World War One and decided? No, I don't think it, it is. I, I think there's just this the this, the country was the the country did. Austria, Austria and Austria Hungary had a lot of problems, especially because there were a lot of national movements with their with, with their own, but the. Agenda, but Germany just uh, signed. It, it was simply they realized that they, they will lose it, and it's a big difference because when the Second World War ended, Germany was completely defeated. But in the First World War, it was not so. It mm -hmm. just, but just they were just defeated on the front and on the home front because it was almost the revolution started in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were big fights on the streets of big German cities between right-wingers and communists. Mm. And uh, so it, it was a quite, quite chaotic. It's really hard to maybe... I wouldn't say there is one, one or two things who, which prevented, which caused the end of the First World War. Mm. I think in general, the, uh, the, the, when the USA start, uh, entered the war, it was very decisive. Mm -hmm. But and when this, uh, when they they somehow were victorious in the West and we were victorious in the South of the, in, the, in the southern southern Europe and southeastern Europe, and then and I, I think this was uh, 
most decisive, but I, I could I couldn't agree. Uh, yeah, it's almost it's it sounds like almost that the Germans and the Austrians knew that they were ceding territory, that they were losing territory on the Western Front, and rather than let the war go on, they could see where it was going, and they knew it was time to end it. Yeah. Is that fair enough? Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's fair enough. But the, the problem in Austria with Austria was it it just the state crumbled. The state as it used to be crumbled, and it was a big revolution. In revolution, not in the sense that social revolution happened, but in the revolution, in the sense that the old order mm-hmm. collapsed, and they need to establish something new. Since the last decades of the of the Habsburg monarchy was were marked by by huge uh, uh, fights between political fights between different nations, especially Czechs and Germans, and Czech, Czech lands mm-hmm. were in Bohemia, and Czech lands were uh, fighting against each other. And it was they, they established practically a parallel system: German institutions, Czech institutions. Similarly, it was here in in, in, in northern Slovenia, northeastern mm-hmm. Slovenia. And this is following the end of the war, or at right before the end of the war. It was it was even before the war. Yeah. This uh, national identification process, which started at the beginning of the nineteenth century, ended. And at the beginning of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and started to causing tr- to cause trouble, mm. especially when when uh, the political the, uh, the monarchy became Austrian part became very democratized, mm. and they had uh, since 1907 people had uh, general votes mm. they could they could general they had vote right uh, so. It was a big. There were big days of public politics, of of, of democratic politics. But this uh, democratic politics was not always democratic in today's sense. Mm-hmm. It was uh, also the, the. It was also the decade. Or the, there were the decades of the radical politics, radical leftist or radical nationalist politics, or radical Catholic politics, because also the uh, there were different versions of. Uh, uh, of popular politics, which caused caused a lot of trouble to the old administration of mm. the monarchy. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I was clear, but well, the last one of the last subjects I want to talk about is is the transition after the First World War into what becomes Yugoslavia. As I yeah, as I, what what was the incentive for the the Slovenian people at that time to to as you sort of alluded to I think earlier team up with other regions other states and become a larger entity what what is yeah it's it's an old ideology and it's, it's from the start of Slovenian nationalism even in the beginning in the end of the 18th century there was this idea that Slovenians are Slavs South Slavs and they should join forces with mm. others first on cultural level maybe adopt adopt the language which or or one language should, should evolve in the south uh, in the south uh, slavs uh, territory and and also it was a big admiration for russia for czechs czechs were better because czech lands were very much developed in sense of cultural development also in the economy but they had th- this idea that uh, Yugoslavism was very strong, but it didn't mean that you should lose your own identity. They saw Yugoslavism as a, a, as something that you could add to your own identity. As a let's say maybe a little, if we use this uh, 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 
it was the those were it was the era of social Darwinism, and maybe it was like this. It's it's another stage of the development. It, you don't need to lose your identity to adopt, uh, let's say, broader identity. Mm. They, they saw it like this, right? like this. And the, then when uh, when they establish a new state, first they were terribly disappointed because one, let's say, one third of uh, envisioned Slovenian space. Mm was uh, annexed by Italy, and it was a terrible blow for Slovenians. And then uh, it was a big disappointment because the Serb Serb Serbian dynasty and Serbian politicians, they did not have enough uh, uh, understanding for Slovenian development. Mm. And, uh, it was uh, quite a country, uh, kingdom of Serbs, Croats and Serbs, then later named Yugoslavia, it was a country full of uh, a lot of political instability, and uh, but then again, Slovenians gained a lot. They they they, could, they got first uh, they got first university in Slovenian language. The schools were all in Slovenian language. Um, the cult, all other cultural institutions, institutes, uh, I don't know. Museums. Mm. So, in, in the, and also the uh, on the level of economy, Slovenian um, Slovenian uh, economy could uh, sell products to the southern to the south, mm. and they, they got new markets. And mm. it was not such a bad thing for mm. Slovenia. For this, Slovenia was relatively prosperous. Mm. And cr the creation of Czechoslovakia, or um, excuse me, the, the, the creation of Yugoslavia generally, it, it, what was the year that that actually was? 1918. 1918. It was the 1st December 1918, which actually happened, this mm -hmm. unification, the Serbian kingdom, kingdom of, uh, kingdom of uh, Montenegro and the parts uh, of Bosnia's creation, Slovenia. Mm -hmm. And and the way, the, the, the timeline and, and the key events that happened during the reign of the Third Reich and with Adolf Hitler in the Second World War, what what was the perspective of the of the people of Yugoslavia like at that time? How did they see what was happening in Europe and what ended up happening to them? Uh, they were very much afraid, especially it. As I have said before, that this, in, in Slovenia, it, in Slovenia, this uh, feel they felt endangered by by the, the, the process, by the fascism. Is the Slovenians in the in Italy, which is now in Slovenia, those parts are now in Slovenia, Western Slovenia, they were one of the first victims of fascism. Mm. Because even in, when the beginning of the twenties, when the fascism began, became a leading force in Italy, mm. uh, they were seen as strangers and they were attacked. Uh, they were uh, they were seen as not being Italian, mm. and they suffered a lot. A lot of them migrated to United States or to other parts of Slovenia. And also in the north, when uh, um, when the, the Austria became part of the Third Reich, it also, they suffered a lot. So they knew what to expect. Especially intellectuals, everyone, they knew what to expect. Maybe the leading politicians were not, they did not, they were not so, they tried to collaborate or to, to make, to find their own way in this in this new era of uh, fascism, fascism and radical radical movements in the thirties, mm. but when the second world world war starts started, uh, on the eve of the second world war in Slovenia, the dominant party was the Catholic um, 
Slovenian People's Party. And this party was trying to, in, in Yugoslavia, was, trying, was fighting for autonomy of the Slovenians. And, but on the other hand, they, they, they had their own, they were the rulers of Slovenia and the Catholic Church was very strong. Mm. And the liberals were, were opposed to that and of course the communists were growing quite rapidly. Um, and then when the war started, they were very much afraid, but in 1941, Hitler forces in, and all Italian forces invaded the kingdom of Yugoslavia. And they, uh, they somehow, they just, uh, the border between Italy and, uh, and uh, Germany was now here near Ljubljana. It was a terrible moment for Slovenians because they knew what to expect. So what the left-wingers and uh, communists did, they made a coalition together, Liberation Front, and they started a resistance already in 1941. First, with, it was an urban resistance, they, they tried to organize it, and then they started the Slovenian Partisan Movement, which was, which was relatively independent. They were under the command of Tito, but they were doing their own job here in Slovenia. And basically, at the end of the war, they liberated themselves. So it was a very... Communism is in Slovenia, and maybe I will go now further, uh, is uh, Slovenian emancipatory moment was the Second World War, mm. when, the, when they said, no, we'll, we'll fight the fascism. Mm. And, but the problem was the leading force were the communists mm. by then. Talk about the resistance to Hitler and the resistance to fascism. Was that an organized, active resistance militarily to try yeah. to try to fight them off, or was that more once active. they had? A, and and how did that go? I mean, what 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 were the details? It was it was, it was, it was amazing. They had they had all the, the, the first they made all the secret infrastructure. They have everything: some hospitals, uh, radio stations. And so on. They, they had they had a very good network because a lot of uh, intellectuals or, or good, uh, or, let's say, capable young people who knew what to do were joining them. Mm. But it couldn't have happened if only the communists were there. But mm. it was a coalition between the left liberals, communists, and some Christian socialists. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the end of the war, the communists seized the moment and they became the leading force. But... Uh, this liberation movement, liberation front, as it was called, it, uh, OF, Subodilna Fronta, uh, was uh, uh, growing and growing. Especially in the first years of war, especially in the, in these parts which were they were occupied by Italians, they were quite successful. And then also when Italia collapsed, they had they, they could acquire huge territories. And but actually they fought. Uh, uh, through all, through all the years of the war, they fought uh, 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 actively mm. against and, it. And uh, at the end, they actively uh, gained more and more liberated territory and they liberated. But for some people, that was not a liberation because, especially in the central Slovenia, the Catholic Church and the traditional political forces did not accept uh, the left-wing mm. resistance and they joined forces with the occupation. And were they? I mean, and civil war started. So. Were they? Were they able to resist the Germans and the Italians throughout the entirety of the war? Or was there a moment when the Nazis came through and yeah, there were a lot of moments, different moments. But as you can see, Slovenian territories. There's lots of 
hills, mountains, woods. So they could, they could, um, they had this partisan tactic to attack and hide yeah. and acquire just small territory, which was under their command. Mm. Uh, and especially the last two years of the war, they, they were helped by, by the, also by the Western, mm. Western forces. A lot of, uh, um, foreign, uh, American and German, American and, uh, English, uh, airmen, uh, pilots jumped off in, in Slovenia and they were rescued by partisans. Mm. Uh, they were they were part of the anti-Hitler coalition, basically. And was the city ever entirely occupied by yeah. the Germans and the Italians? And, and this, city, so, this city was actually when Italians came, and the the first uh, couple of months when this um, uh, resistance started, urban resistance mostly. What they did, they uh, the they closed the city with the barbed wire. All the city was closed. Because they wanted to isolate the city through the, from the uh, f- from the environment, from the, uh, and they were not very successful with that. Uh, so it it was it, it, it was very interesting period of uh, people going to partisans, uh, but uh, usually they were terribly young those people yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time. And you mentioned that after the war was over, it was the communists that ended up rising up through the ranks and, and taking yeah. power in, in, in They were the leading force all the, all the time because they were used to they were used to, to, to do illegal actions because they were not recognized in the kingdom. They were seen as a, uh, as a terrorists, and they had to they had to uh, had their organization in secret. So mm-hmm. they were used to that. They had the best underground organization even before the war. Mm-hmm. So for them, it was easier, and they. Uh, of course, all the left-wing uh, or, let's say, liberals, liberal intellectuals and people who were not communists then joined forces. It was really either with communists or with fascists. So mm. you, had to, you, had to, you had to choose. Yeah. It was very, very hard decision for some people because they were not communists, but they had to go... They, they joined the forces because it was a national liberation. It was against fascism, and and the the general sentiment among um, it being an iron curtain country for forty years. Um, I would not say that we were iron curtain countries. What, what would be the what would be the correct way to to frame what Slovenia was during the time of the Soviet Union? First of all, Soviet Union was never here. Mm. Yugoslavia was special. Mm. Yugoslavia was never under Soviet Union. Even the first, it, it, even in the other parts of ex-Yugoslavia, the Yugoslav partisan movement, the Yugoslav partisan army was so strong that only some parts of Serbia and some parts of Slovenia, maybe, were liberated by Red Army. Hmm. Slovenia, or let's say also Yugoslavia, had their own national movement, and they liberated mostly themselves, and Tito as the leader had this authority of great communist fighter against it, it was he was like a Che Guevara mm. also popular in the West. Mm. You know, guerrilla leader who becomes successful and so on. And uh, of course Stalin didn't like that. And Stalin wanted wanted to have power over Yugoslavia and then Yugoslav Yugoslav authorities were against. And then the how this uh, inf- uh, uh, this uh, break happened in 1948. Yugoslavia went away, said, we will have our own way of socialism. The socialism of Stalinism is bad, it's, it's, it's too uh, oppressive, we will find our own way, 
on the real way of Marx and Engels and so on. And, uh, and, and the, then Yugoslavia, till the end, had this idea, this, this its, its own version. And it was somehow a tampon state between West and East. Mm. And the, the borders were always, since the 60s, the, since the early 60s, the borders were open of Yugoslavia mm. to the West. Mm. So it was a very interesting situation in Yugoslavia because here the borders with Italy and Austria were open. We could travel. I don't know. I, my parents bought me first I don't know, Commodore computer in, in Austria because you could not get it here. It was not a problem. We were just traveling around. Uh, people were used to it, especially in Slovenia because it was the most Western part. But the real, uh, the real uh, Chiron Curtain was on this tiny portion of the border with uh, Hungary. Mm. Hungarian, from Hungarian side, because they, they saw it very dangerously. So, it, so Yugoslavia was a very peculiar communist state. Hmm. And, and was, was that, did the people, was that an elected decision that, that the, the people had given the authority to the people in power to implement that sort of a society? Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it was not a free society, of course, in, this, in our today's sense. They, they gone out of the war as a victor, victorious party. First of all, they, they needed on, in, every, in every republic to deal with the opposition, and they were not very nice to the opposition. Especially, first in the Yugoslavian Slovenian part, it, right when the war was ending, and after the, right after the war, they uh, killed a lot and a lot of um, uh, people who were fighting against uh, as quizzling forces, who were joining forces with fascists, and Nazis, and were now running away from from, US, from the communists. They captured them, and they killed them. And it's a still a big decision. It's a big political team because the right wingers are dealing with it. But basically, it's it was a big crime. They murdered maybe ten thousand people who were fighting against communism. It's something that. Uh, it's not clear whether all were Slovenians or not, because a lot, a lot of different armies. With, and it was in chaotic. Uh, uh, it was very chaotic at the end of the world, world War Two, and a lot of people were killed. And were, there were also mass murders, mm. and um, th there are mass graves, and, uh, which are being excavated now. Um, but w then, uh, I think that the, their rule was quite popular. Especially when they had to fight with Stalin and their borders were open and the society. First, it, it was like this. First years of the war, after the war, since, since the 50s or the early 50s, it was a Stalinism, basically. Also, when, when they had a fight, it was this very central planning system. But then they, they started to look for a turn. And Slovenian most prominent communist Edvard Kardel had he was also theoretician tried to implement new system called self 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 management and basically the system was a little bit anarchic part it it was it was seen as a, some kind of people should decide for themselves but not decide in classical political terms uh, left right. People have their needs and they, their needs should be served. And uh, what they should do, they should decide in concrete things what to do in their ordinary life through the system of self 
management. They should manage mostly the things themselves. In the background of this idea mm. is this idea of dying state from Marx. Mm. And he really meant it, uh, Edward Kardec was the main theoretician, uh, also to oppose the West and to oppose the East. Mm. We have our own socialism. Yeah. But what he created at the end, it was a very strange system, which I think it worked quite well on the level of small communities, it, because they had enough means to do, I don't know, uh, they, uh, they, they, could, uh, they could manage their own life, mm. I don't know, small communities, which, is, which was, was quite good. But, mm. On the level of uh, big systems and of economy, this was not very well uh, organized, and was one of the reasons this uh, the, those idea. But it was it was implemented until the end. It mm. was implemented until the end because they stick to the idea of self self management because they said it's all our own way. Mm. It's a, they even want to sell this idea to to other countries. Mm. We have three minutes left, so the, the last... Sorry. No, no, no. In, in the remaining three minutes, I wanted to have you talk about the, the modern political structure of Slovenia and how the people feel about the way Slovenia exists in modern times. Um, I think it's a big... Uh, we live in very depressive times for Slovenians at the moment because of the political and economic crisis. When Yugoslavia collapsed, even before that, Slovenians were relatively well off, comparing to all others. In Yugoslavia, Slovenia was the most developed country, the most Western country, the most open country, and Slovenians had this idea that Slovenia is actually the West, or at least Central Europe. But what they're terribly disappointed now. Then, in the 90s and in the, the beginning of the new century, uh, was this idea joining forces, joining Europe, try to implement what Europe wants. But Slovenia did it, Slovenia authorities did it a little bit differently from other socialist countries. They had a gradualistic approach, not to sell all the economy, just a little bit. Try to, try to manage your economy a little bit more and so on. And then what started, those managers who were managing these economies, this, they wanted to become owners also, and they started to buy off those countries with the with the, the with the mortgages which could not, they could not pay, and a lot of good good companies collapsed. And now we have big crisis, and also crisis of uh, uh, it's even big bigger for Slovenians. It's very depressing because they used to be very thought of themselves as a developed nation, mm. but now. Uh, they become just a province or in Europe and this province on the periphery. And mm. it's very, let's say, first they were first on the, on, in the country and now they're last in town, something yeah. like that. And Europe is also changing. Europe is not as people expected. Uh, unfortunately, it's becoming an empire with some people, some countries having more rights than others, and some countries, there are countries, core lands, and there are also countries of periphery. And let's say that if we say Slovenia has become a country of the first round of the peripheral states, mm -hmm. and it's, it was not, it's not something that Slovenia would want. Mm -hmm. Slovenians would want more from Europe, and they expected more. Well, Marco, thank you so much for taking the thank time to talk to us. Thank you for, uh, for uh, inviting me, and uh, I'm always happy to answer your question. Thanks very much.
Thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about The Exchange, want to listen to episodes online, or would like to reach out to the show, feel free to visit the show's website at theexchangeshow.com. Thank you.